Hello, welcome to PRBC Worcester podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. We pray that in your time spent with us, you will be blessed and edified even as we grow in faith. Please enjoy and may the Spirit of God illuminate your hearts. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We thank God for today. Amen. Amen. Finally, we get to meet in person. <laughs> it's the doing of the Lord. Amen. I want to thank our Father for giving the opportunity to come and share God's word even tonight with us. Uh, I guess tonight we won't get a projector, so I'll project myself. Amen. Shall we pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that you are with us tonight. Thank you for all that you do for us. We are so very grateful. We know that it's not by any dint of hard work or by anything that we have done, but you have chosen to have mercy even on us. Tonight, speak to us. Give us your word and give us your power, Lord. Carry us deeper, O oh God, and make us see new things, even in you, so that we can go with you into a much deeper place and be firmly established in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. We thank God. We thank God. Tonight I'm speaking on reigning by the blood of Christ. Reigning by the blood of Christ. Uh, let's go to Revelations chapter 1, verse 5 to 6. And let's see the scripture there. Revelations chapter 1, verse 5 to 6. Reigning by the blood of Christ. It appears that in the past year, our hearts have failed us many times. Amen. <laughs> Too much fear has been in the system that unfortunately it has led many of us to lose sight of what the blood has done for us. Amen. And what Jesus came to do. So it's just a rehashing of some things we know just to refocus our minds on the reality of Christ Jesus. Amen. Revelations chapter 1 verse 5 to 6. The Bible says, And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince, not that word, of the kings of the earth. He's talking about Jesus. Unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. And the Bible says in verse 6, and has made us, praise God, kings and priests unto our God and his Father. And it says, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. But in the verse 5, it says that Jesus is a faithful witness, number one. Jesus is the first begotten of the dead. It means he's the first to be resurrected from the dead. Or he's the first begotten of God to have resurrected from the dead. And it says, and the prince of the kings of the earth. Hallelujah. Now he's talking about Jesus and he says he's the prince, he's the leader of, or the ruler or the commander or you can choose king of the kings of the earth. 
It means that Jesus Christ is the king of kings. Hallelujah. And because he is the king of kings, he is able to make kings as well. And so when you continue, it says, but he washed us by his own blood, and then he has made you and he has made me kings and priests unto God. Hallelujah. So the believer is not just someone who is trying to add to the number. The believer is not someone who is just trying to go with the flow. The believer is not someone who is trying to belong. He's not somebody who is just trying to be. There's something about him or her that makes him or her completely different and unique. Hallelujah. Let me read the introduction I've put here. The believer of the Lord Jesus Christ is not an ordinary being on the earth. Not by a long stretch. Too many times our focus has been on material blessings. Hence we lose sight of what God has done for us even in the spirit. By the sacrifice of Christ and the shedding of, of his blood on the cross for us, there are two uncommon blessings that God has blessed us with. In fact, these are not blessings to be received, but they are callings we have been called unto. We have been made kings and priests. Hallelujah. All the struggle in the church today is because many have lost sight of these and are pursuing their own version of Christianity. They are what define our identity in Christ. In other words, the one who is born again must have a consciousness or an awareness that he is a king and must have a consciousness and awareness that he is a priest. Now, if you don't think that way, if you don't have that awareness or that consciousness, you live anyhow. The reason is that we are priests because of our service to God and we are kings because of our position in Christ. And so when the mind of the believer is not set on who he is, his identity, being a king and being a priest, that person lives anyhow. And because of that, anything at all happens to that person. There's no need for that believer even to think of being holy because he's not aware of his priestly garment. But the one who understands that he's a priest, know that every priest in the Old Testament or in the Bible wore a garment that was consecrated for service. And if that is a mindset that you have, it influences even how you live. Hallelujah. The priest did not go just anywhere. If you read the Bible, you know it. If, in one day, demarcating the land, they gave a special place for them to stay. Their priests were different. They were treated different because their inheritance was God and they were separated or consecrated even unto God. So when a believer loses sight of that, the believer lives anyhow. The believer treats prayer anyhow because to him, it's only when he's in need that he prays. But in the scriptures, the priest did not only offer sacrifices when they wanted something from God. They were duty bound. It was part of their priestly service. What am I saying? We need to have this mindset of who we are. We need to understand it that there's a blood that was shed over 2,000 years ago and the blood has made us kings, has positioned us, I'll talk more about that later on, and has made us priests. So you are not someone who is just walking on the earth like that. No. When you made a confession to become born again, something took place. 
you became something. Hallelujah. You were made something. You didn't only come into a change of mind, you know, to, to, to say now, before I used to think only devil and demons and enjoyment in the world. Now I'm, I will try and think Jesus and, and, and God a little bit. No. Hallelujah. You know, we, we, we have not just been saved, you know, to come and do church. No. We are more than church. Hallelujah. We are more than church. No, we are the church. I'm talking about coming to church as we come into church. Because we come to church today. We come to church on Sunday. Maybe those are the only two days we come to church. The remainder of the days, where are we? We are in the world. But there's something that has been done to us, and the nature we have assumed, and something we have become. And we need to have that awareness, that consciousness of that reality. Because if we do not, we cannot live as God wants us to live. Jesus walked in power. Jesus walked in righteousness. Jesus walked in holiness because he knew that he was a son of God. In fact, that is what the devil came to tempt him with. If you are the son of God, he was coming to question his identity or check whether he truly knew who he was. And of course, he knew who he was. That is why he was victorious. So when the believer loses sight of who he is, what happens? The believer yields to the world. And that is the number one problem in our dispensation. And I always say, it's not because that we, we, we just love to sin so much. That's why sin is abundant in our dispensation. No. It's just because we're living at an age where there's too much distraction that the average believer doesn't really know who he is. Too many things are competing for the mind of the average believer telling him this is what you have to be. Today he goes to the world a motivational speaker comes and says that you need to desire to become a billionaire. And so he's, he goes to his closet and he's trying to dream up business ideas that will make him a billionaire. Tomorrow he goes and he says, you must excel and, and be a grade A student. And so he goes into his closet, he's thinking of how and what to do to become a grade A student. Too many things are competing to tell us who we are. But if we don't go to the word of God to know what we have become, what we have been made, chances are we'll begin to live according to these identities. And then we begin to lose ourselves. Hallelujah. That is why there is abundance of sin in our age. Because many don't know who they are. And so any temptation that comes, they fall because they don't know who they are. But if they have that understanding that they are kings, if they have that understanding that they are priests, it changes everything. Hallelujah. I'm focusing only on the kings. I think we've seen a lot about the priests. But tonight I want to concentrate on our call to kingship. Amen. Let's go to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 going. And let's see God's original intent. Whenever you are in doubt, go to Genesis. Hallelujah. They said that every great truth in the Bible begins in Genesis. And so if it cannot be found there, then there's a problem with that truth. Amen. Because God does not change. Yeah. When he gives his mind and his intention, you know this is God. And that's what he means. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, going. I want to draw our attention to some few things, and then we'll, we'll pray. The Bible says, and God said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, 
and over the fowl of the earth, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And 28 says, And God blessed them, and God said, Be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Now, why did I go to read this long passage, you may ask? That is God's original intent. Man was never made to become a slave. Let me say it again. Man was never made to become a slave. In fact, one of the quickest ways to inherit a curse is to treat a man like a slave. That is why America is still struggling and the West are still struggling. Because they made our kind slaves. And they are still paying for it. <laughs> yes. Because God made man in his image. God made man to dominate and to have dominion over the earth. God made man after himself. So anytime that a man is enslaved, it means like God in a certain context is being enslaved. It's impossible to enslave God. So whenever you do that, you end or you incur the wrath of God. But what am I saying? Genesis 1.26, it says, And God said, let us make man in our image. And then after our likeness. It means that to have dominion or to reign on the earth, two things that you need. You need to have the image of God and you need to live and walk like God. God made the whole of the earth. They are the outputs or outputs of his handiwork. Anybody who is going to reign over the output of the handiwork must have a reflection of God. If you are not like God, you cannot take charge of what God has made. And so when God made the whole of the earth, what did he do? He decided to make man after himself. So I put here that, and we've, we've heard it before, that man is a reflection of God. Because man is a reflection of God, man must have this understanding that the only way man can rule and reign is that two conditions are met. We've seen it before, but I just want to reiterate it. And the first condition is that man still understands that he is the image of God. And man is still connected to God to receive ability from God to reign. Remember Genesis 1.28, he said, and God blessed them. Meaning that they could not reign without the blessing, the ability, or the help of God. And so when man fell, these are the two things that man lost. Man lost his image or his nature. He didn't know who he was anymore. And then he was disconnected from the source of his strength. And so man did not have the ability. And then what does it become? Man became a slave. Beloved, some 100 or 400 or 500 years ago, that is exactly what happened to those who were slaves. They lost a sense of their identity and they didn't have ability to live free. And so they became slaves. And that is what sin did to us. Sin brought bondage. It made man lose sight of who he was and it made man disconnect from God so man could not reign anymore. Hallelujah. And that is what the blood of Jesus fixed. Let's go to Romans chapter 5.
verse 12. Let's see something there. Romans chapter 5, verse 12. I would, if you had to say amen. Wherefore, as by one man, he's talking about them here, sin entered into the world. He says, by one man, sin entered into the world. Two things. Sin was not in the world, but sin was in existence. Because he ought to have come from somewhere to be able to enter into the world. Hallelujah. In God's world at the time that he had created for man, there was no sin. It was a perfect place he had created for his beloved creation. But sin, because of the fall of the devil, was in existence. And that is how the enemy deceived Eve and Adam also followed suit. And the Bible says sin found its way into God's creation. But if you continue, it says, and death, that's where I'm going, death by sin. In other words, sin was what opened the door for death to enter. So if there is no sin, if you deal with sin, you have also dealt with death. And we'll see that shortly. But sin opened the door. And so he says, it's funny, but he says, uh, let me read it from the beginning. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by one man, by sin, sorry. It says, and so death passed upon all men. Can you see it? It says, for all have sinned. He, he, he talked about a sin first, but it looks like death was the one that was looking to gain access. Hallelujah. <laughs> so death was the rain that came, or the thing that came to rain upon man. It's what brought man into bondage. And by death, we mean spiritual death. That separation from God. When death came into being, man completely lost the understanding of who he was. He had no idea. And then man did not have the ability of God to do what God wanted him to do. But you see that man was still, man still had ability. Because man was made in the image of and the nature and the likeness of God. Now, so when death is reigning, man is no, no longer knows that he is a reflection of God, and man has ability, but is not connected to God. What does man do? Hello, what does man do? Man begins to use his understanding of who he is and the ability, he begins to use it wrongly. And so you see that there are many things that are going on in our day, many sins, many inventions of men that are going and you will say they are very creative. But how are they coming into being? It's because there is a certain ability that has been corrupted that God gave to man. And because man has lost a sense of who he is, he is doing something, but in a corrupted way. I'm describing what bondage is. So that's why we find ourselves in situations where we are doing things that we don't want to do. It's because, number one, we don't know who we are, we have forgotten who we are, and so we begin to use the ability and the strength God has given us to do the wrong things. Hallelujah. And that is exactly what the devil wants to tempt Jesus with. He says, if you are the son of God, turn this stone into bread. He was thinking that Jesus didn't know who he was. And so he would do everything that he, the devil, wanted, just as he did with Adam and with Eve. But thank God that Jesus prevailed. Amen. So that is the reign 
of bondage, death reigned. Death took over man, and man was not able to do the things that God had wanted man to do. And so let's go to Romans chapter 6, verse 6. Let's see something there. And I'll read what is here. We are talking about reigning by the blood of Christ. Something happened when Jesus died. Something happened when we confessed our sins and we came into Christ. Something happened when the blood of Jesus, the son of God, fell onto the ground. Something happened when he resurrected and went to sit at the right hand of God. Hallelujah. Something happened. Hallelujah. It's not just a myth. It's not just something we say to make people happy. But it's the realities of life. It's so sad that in our dispensation, we believe more what the devil is saying and we believe more what the devil is doing than we believe what God is saying and what God is doing and what God has done. That is how sad it is. But of course, it's an offshoot of death. Romans chapter 6, verse 16, the Bible says, Know ye not that to whom you yield yourself servants to obey, his servants or slaves you are to whom you obey, whether of sin that leads to death or of obedience that leads to righteousness. Hallelujah. So we see that when sin entered the scene, what happened? Man became a slave of death or darkness. So let's read what is here. Sin robbed us of the nature of God and his ability. Sin opened the door so death, separation from God, could come. We lost sight of who we were, God's nature, and we also got disconnected from our source. That is God's ability. Hallelujah. But when we continue, in Christ Jesus, we are liberated from that bondage of darkness to reign. Now let's see what we got in Christ. And then we'll look at the functions of our kingly calling. Let's go to Romans chapter 5, verse 17. Let's see something very sweet and very important there. The believer is not like any other creation. In fact, so much so that the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, that we are a new creation. It says, if a man be in Christ, he is a new creation. It means that we are not like, we are not after Adam's kind. Because Adam's kind is the old creation. But when we came into Christ, we have become the new creation. Hallelujah. That's a great story, and we need to get deep to know what it means. Romans chapter 5, verse 17, the Bible says, For if by one man's offense, we've seen that, death reigned. According to Adam's fall and Adam's sin, death took captive and death reigned. It says, how much more, eh, great, they which receive the abundance of grace, say ability, and the gift of the righteousness of God, say nature, shall reign in life by one that is Jesus Christ. So it means that as sin entered and death took hold, what we receive in Christ Jesus is that is what Adam lost. Because when sin entered, we saw that 
Death began, began to reign. And when death reigned, man did not know who he was. He had lost sight of his nature and he was disconnected from his source. But the Bible shows us in Romans chapter 5, verse 17, that in Christ Jesus, we receive these two things back. We receive the abundance of grace and we receive the gift of the righteousness of God. Then he says, we reign. So he says, how much more they which receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, and that is Jesus Christ. So the one who is called of God, the one who is born again, is found in the position of authority. He is reigning. Because whatever Adam lost in Christ Jesus, we have what? Received. But the sweet thing is that we have not only received that, we have received that and even more. Hallelujah. We will see that shortly. It's so important that we understand that. Because he lost the ability. When in Genesis chapter 2 verse 7, when God breathed into him, he gave him something, some power, some ability, some grace to function, to do God's work. But when sin came, he lost that connection. But in Christ Jesus, you and I, we have received that ability. Amen. In Christ Jesus, you and I, we have received that nature. That is why it says we have received the righteousness of God. The Bible says for him who did not know any sin, he was made sin for us. So that we will become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The day you confessed your sin, or the day you confessed Christ as the Lord of your life, that day something took place. Hallelujah. That day, there was a great change, a great shift, even in the realm of the spirit. I said it before, but I like to say these things again. So you understand that every time that you wake up, there's something different about you. So that you understand that everywhere you are, there's something different about you. You are not in the same place as those who are in the place of sin. No. You are not under bondage. You are free. They are under bondage. So we cannot think as they are thinking. We cannot expect the same end as they expect. That would be wrong. Amen. When they lose hope, we also should not lose hope. We rather must have faith. Because the God who made the heavens and the earth, he is our God. He is our Father. Hallelujah. That is our story. The question now is, how did we become saved? How did we enter the kingdom? How did we come to that place or that position of kinship. Let's go to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. And we need to understand that death reigned, but now Christ is reigning. Hallelujah. Say, death used to reign. Say it after me. Death used to reign. But now Christ reigns. Amen. Romans chapter 10 verse 9, the Bible says, that if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and shall believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, he says, you shall be saved. Verse 10, he says, he says, for with the heart a man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth 
confession is made unto salvation. How did we come into the kingdom? How did we come to the place of authority? He shows us. The first, he says, we confessed with our mouth the Lord Jesus. And the second is that we believe, that was after we have believed in our heart, that God raised him from the dead. You see, a lot of times we think that when somebody becomes saved, the person is saved by confessing his sins. But when you get into the scriptures, you see that the only one who is able to confess their sins by the nature of how the Bible explains confession is the believer. So then it means, how does the one who is in the world become born again? Amen. I'll explain it. <laughs> it says, if you confess with your mouth the lordship of Christ. So in other words, when you talk about confession, the Greek word is homologia. Now it means to speak in agreement or to speak the same thing as another. So you speak in agreement. So if the one who is living in sin is coming to be born again and he's confessing a sin, the question will be, what sin will he confess? Because by the nature of confession, it must be specific. At the time that he hears the message, he doesn't know which is, he lives in sin. That is what he breathes. That is what he eats. That's what he swims in. That is, his whole mind is a mind of sin. So how does he come into Christ? But you see, the believer can confess his sins because the believer has the Holy Spirit living in him. Who will tell him that, hey, this thing you did was wrong. So he can say, no, Lord, this is what I've done. It goes against the word, forgive me. And then he's forgiven. But for the unbeliever, how does he enter? He shows us by confessing the Lordship of Christ. Why is it important? It's important because that rain, that was raining. That was like the king or is the king or darkness, which is in essence death, reigned over those who are in the world. And so when you hear God's word and the spirit of God gives you faith to become righteous, meaning you turn your whole being towards God, when you, are, you open your mouth and you confess, what you are doing is that you are renouncing the authority of death. You are renouncing the kingship and the rulership of darkness. And when you confess the lordship of Christ, you are embracing the lordship of Christ Jesus. So that is why you need to explain it very well so that people know that it's not just... Because some people will say that, oh, I used to drink alcohol. And I stopped and I said, I want to go to church. And that is one of the major problems in the church. And I always say those people are the ones who are causing the most problems in the churches. Because they are not truly born again. They thought that because there was one, this great sin they used to do, that they stopped, then in, it's okay, it's enough. They stopped it for God. Now they have come to church. Which is not the case. Because when Jesus becomes your Lord, it means he is your owner. He is your master. It means everything about you must be about him. Not just that one thing that you stop. Hallelujah. Not just that one thing. So it's important we understand that to come into Christ is a confession of the Lordship of Christ. It's to dare to speak and say that I forsake the world. I forsake all that, you know, darkness was doing in my life. Now I want to embrace your way and your way. Hallelujah. And that is how you come in. And when you do that, the Bible says in Colossians 1.13, 
It says, God has delivered or rescued us from the power of darkness and he has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. The moment you acknowledge, you confess Jesus as your Lord, everything changes. Everything changes. Yeah, it's like the, the old times where they will go and, pardon me, it may not be an appropriate example for our present conditions, but let me still use it. It's the only thing that comes to mind anyway. <laughs> you know, where they will go and sell slaves, and they will go and put the, the slave on this days, and they will give a price, and then whoever buys, for the day that a slave is bought, and the day he becomes the owner of his master, he even takes the name of the master. Everything about him, he's waking up, he's going down, is about his master. It's the same with Christ. That there you acknowledge in your heart, you believe, that Jesus came to die on a cross for you, and Jesus resurrected for you, and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is your Lord. From that day, everything about you must be about Jesus. Hallelujah. Because Colossians 1 shows that from that day you have renounced Paul will say, the hidden things of darkness, the ways of darkness, the devil's way, death no longer has a hold on you. But there's a new king in town, and his name is Jesus. Hallelujah. And the Bible says you have come into the kingdom of his dear son. So now you are in a kingdom. Now you are in a kingdom where Revelation chapter 1 verse 6 says, he has made us kings and priests. Or as the NIV says, he has made us a kingdom of priests. Hallelujah. So we reign in Christ because we confess him as our Lord. And the Bible shows us that when we do that, we are now part of the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God, on the, as we are on the earth today, is a kingdom, is a kingdom of kings. That is why we call him the king of kings. Hallelujah. Because Jesus is king. And we are also kings. Revelation chapter 1 verse 5 says, He's the prince of all the kings of the earth. He's the leader. He's the king of all the kings of the earth. That is your story. And that is my story. Praise God. We are not trying to be. That is who we are. A lot of times that is what we, we think that we have to make the effort to be. No. That is why the challenge in the church today is ignorance. Because we don't know what the word says, because we don't know who the master is, we are doing our own thing. That is why it is. Hallelujah. Sin is rampant because we don't know what the word says. I found out that if you teach a believer who he is, and he comes to that understanding, sin leaves him. Because that believer understands that he has Authority over sin. I'll go there shortly. That is our testimony. Amen. There's a lot to say, but for want of time, let's go. What defines our calling as kings? If the blood of Jesus has done this wondrous work, if the blood of Jesus has transported us from the reign of darkness and death into the place of light, what kind of life must we live as we are on the earth? Hallelujah. The first one, it means we must reign over sin. Let's go to Romans chapter 6, verse 14. We must reign over sin. 
so important. We must reign over sin. Romans chapter 6, verse 14, the Bible says, it says, for sin, hallelujah, shall not have dominion over you. For you are not under the law, but you are under grace. Hallelujah. But it says, sin shall not have dominion over you. And we learned that sin, with sin comes what? Death. And so if sin doesn't have dominion over you, death also has no dominion over you. Hallelujah. Darkness has no dominion over you. The devil has no dominion over you. In fact, the devil has no power over the believer. None. Zero. He has no authority. As far as the child of God is concerned, he has none. Hallelujah. Do you understand that? Let me say it again. I said the devil has no authority, has no power as far as the child of God is concerned. Zero. Amen. So sometimes you wonder why we make a whole spiritual experience about demons. Yes, because of you wonder. That the believer thinks that the only time he feels spiritual is when he's dealing with demons. In fact, and I've said it here before, I'll say it again. When you go to our churches and we are praying, when you see it, you feel the intensity of the prayer, it means we are dealing with some wild demons. <laughs> it's the truth. When you say, let's pray that we will know Jesus. People are standing there. When you say, let's pray against the witch who is troubling your house. Come and see. Kaya, kaya, Why? It's because of ignorance. It's because in our minds, the enemy is powerful. But the Bible says, sin shall not have dominion over you. If sin has no dominion, the devil has no dominion. It's as simple as that. Genesis chapter 3, the only way the devil could get access to Adam and Eve is to cause them to sin. When they fell, then he had his way. But as Jesus has dealt with sin, what is his basis? Jesus said in John 16, that the, the prince of this world is coming for he has nothing in me. He says, I, for I laid down my life and I pick it up again. That's what Jesus said. And that is our testimony. The devil has no power over us. Because sin has no dominion over us. Amen. Galatians chapter 4 verse... Uh, hmm. Let's go verse 5. Galatians 4, 5. I want, I want to... Even if, 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 if that is the only point I make, I, I think I, I would have done my... My job. Amen. Because we need to understand it very well. That this is who we are. That the believer is not trying to become anything. That the believer is not trying to accomplish something. No. No, 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 no. A thousand times no. The only thing we are accomplishing on the earth is to fulfill the call of the master. We are not trying to be anything. <laughs> Hallelujah. He says because of his blood... He has made us. That is who we are. Say, I am a king in Christ. I am a priest in Christ. And I reign. Oh, some of you don't believe it. <laughs> but that's the truth. Hallelujah. Galatians chapter 
4 verse 5. In fact, let me add a 4 to it. Galatians 4, 4 to 5 and 6. Then we'll end there. It said, but when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law. He says, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. What does that mean? <laughs> Hallelujah. So that we might, so that we will receive the adoption of sons. The Greek says, retosia. The placement or the positioning of sonship. Hallelujah. You see, when Jesus came, and, and I always say this, that the Lord, you, you, sometimes you want to say that God is smart, but it, the word doesn't do justice. Yes, because the devil thought that he had outsmarted God. When he got God's creation to fall, he thought that, you know, he had gotten God. <laughs> But you see, which, which is sad because God made him. <laughs> Hallelujah. And God decided to walk on the earth. Come as a man to walk on the earth. Think about it. And God himself decided to become his own son. So that through that same son, we who the devil has supposedly had authority over can believe in him so that we can become the sons of God. And by becoming the sons of God, everything that Adam lost, we come into. Think about it. He thought he had, he, like, he had played, he had, he had checkmated God. How sad. But he walked on the earth in him as a son. If you read, I think, 1 Timothy chapter 3, it says, the mystery, great is the mystery of godliness, that God walked on the earth as a man. He came in the flesh. So he's God as a son. And when we put our faith in this son, we become like him, his son. But a son is like God. So in the end, what do we become? We become like God. That thing which Adam lost, we have received. Praise God. You see, the interesting thing that there is even more. <laughs> Let's go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse. Uh, <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs> verse 5 and 6. We need to understand these things because being in Christ means something so amazing. But we have made it just like, it's just correct behavior, you know, God wants you to behave well, so that you will go to heaven. It's, it's, it's more than that. And, you see, and many times, if you understand it this way, you, you want people to be saved. Yeah, because how God gives you ability, and I always say this, that you are in the U.S. or in Ghana, wherever, somebody calls you from wherever, and you pray, and God is able to cause things to happen in that place. And many of us have had that experience. But think about it. How is it possible that we are here? How many miles separates us from that place where the call came? So the one who is a believer, who is in Christ Jesus, 
is, is something else. He's not an ordinary being. Do you understand that? He is, he's, not, he's not competing with sin. He's not today, have I told a lie? Today, have I fornicated? No, no, that is not him. He, he's, he's gone past that place. Because he's a sin, so you not have dominion over him. He lives in the place of authority. He lives in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Something more. If you go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 5 and 6, the Bible says, It says, even when we were dead in sins, he quickened us, oh Jesus, together with Christ Jesus. By grace you are saved. And it says, he has raised us up together, oh God. And he has made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, do you notice he didn't say, we are now going to sit. Because when you talk about these things, the believer's mind is, oh, when I go to heaven, then I will sit there. No, he says right now. That is our story. He raised us up together and he made us sit together with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So where we sit now as children of God is in heaven at the right hand side of God. That is why we have authority. That is why we have the power. Because the devil's reign is on the earth. Do you remember when, when, when Peter went to tempt Jesus? What did Jesus say? When he said that you shall not die. When Jesus said he was going to, you know, to die. And he pulled Jesus aside. Peter <laughs> went to tell Jesus, you are not going to die. <laughs> he said, get thee behind me, Satan. For thou severed not the things of God, but the things of men. What does it mean? It means the devil's reign is only on the earth. And in the earth's atmosphere. But the one who is born of God, you see, he did not only restore us to Adam's place, else our authority would have been on the earth. Like we will still be competing with the devil even now. But the Bible says, he raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places. Hallelujah. So when you go to Ephesians 1, he will tell you. Can you read it? Oh, Jesus. Ah, oh. <laughs> Let's go to Ephesians 1, and let's end there. <laughs> I keep wanting to end, but Ephesians 1, let's start from verse 19 or 18. You see, many a times I want to say this, and sometimes we, we, we need to understand it, that the apostles walk in uncommon authority. They understood the revelation of Christ. If Paul, when he was in jail, could lift up praises for the earth to quake and to shake, for the chains to fall off. Do you ever think that when we were binding his hands to go and kill him, Paul could not have prayed for things to happen so that he wouldn't die? Do you understand that? <laughs> There's a point I'm making, so maybe you should listen. They could have easily gotten away every time they wanted to kill them. Except that the Lord has shown them that their time was up and they left. Why am I saying this? The choices they made, they made them so that the word of God will continue and so that men will come and be born again. It wasn't be, it's not because they were disadvantaged. It wasn't because they couldn't do anything or the Lord could not deliver them. 
It's the same story with Jesus. You remember? When he was in the garden and they came for him. And then the, Peter cut the ear of that, uh, what is it? I've forgotten his name. He said, do you not know that I can call on my father and he will send legions of angels to come for me? So it's not that he was without ability. It's because that was God's purpose and that was God's will. Hallelujah. Are you understanding that? So the believer's authority on the earth, I'm saying, is absolute. Because in Christ Jesus, we reign. That's all I'm trying to say. Do you understand that? <laughs> okay, another time. But let's see the scripture. It says, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of your calling, and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. 19. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power? Think about it. Toward us who believe, exceeding greatness of God's power, toward us or to us who believe, it says according to his, the working of his mighty power. 20. Which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand. So that's where Jesus is. But guess what? That is where we also dwell. Are you seeing it? 21, he says, far above all principality, all power, might, dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. That is a story of the believer. Now, God did not have to come to the earth. He chose to come to the earth. What I'm saying is that everything he came to do on the earth, he did it because of us. Jesus walked the earth because of us. Jesus died on the cross because of us. Jesus went to hell because of us so that we don't have to go there. And Jesus is seated at the right hand side of the Father in a place of authority because of you and because of me. He did it for us. Beloved, we need to awaken to this right. This righteousness, the reality of God's word, to understand who we are. That we are not in this world chasing things with those of the world. No. We belong to a different kingdom and we are seated in a higher place of authority. Amen. What am I saying? I'm saying that when you wake up, think differently. I'm saying that when you wake up, don't expect little things. Don't believe little things. Have a big faith in a big God because you are his son, you are his daughter. It means something completely different. Hallelujah. Even the kings of this world, even the kings of this world, they know how to protect their own. Cast your mind to the United Kingdom, even the Ashanti Kingdom, any kingdom you know. They are royalty, but they know how to protect their own. Have you ever seen the Queen of England coming to America without an escort before? No. In fact, all the royals, when they go, everywhere they go, they are escorted. Everywhere they go, there are servants who serve them. Can you imagine? Everywhere they go in the world, not only in, the, in their kingdom, everywhere they go in the world, if they go to a hotel, there are, are servants who go there to serve them. But imagine as you, king of kings and the lord of lords, do you think that you are ever alone? Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 14. What does the Bible say? What does it say? Who can quote it? Hebrews 1.14. 
Anyone? Hebrews 1, 14. <laughs> oh, Jesus. It says the angels are what? Uh-huh. And then what? Oh, Jesus. Praise God. That is why you, don't, you shouldn't take your praying, you shouldn't belittle your prayer. Because he says the angels are all ministering spirits, serving spirits. He says, are they not all? I want to make an emphasis. That's why I'm going there. If you go to 13, he says, but to which of the angels said he at any time, sit on my right hand until I make thy enemy thy footstool? None. Then he goes to verse 14. Are they not all ministering spirits? All. He says the angels, all. It means Archangel Michael to Gabriel to all of them. He says they are ministering spirits. And he says they have been sent forth to serve. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Those who are heirs of salvation. Think about it. I, I want your mind to leave the realm of ordinariness. And enter the domain of the spirit where the Lord wants your mind to be. That is who we are. That is our testimony. When you pray, things are happening in the spirit. You may not see it, but you need to believe that something is happening. Because of what Jesus has done. Because of your present position, even in Christ. Amen. Shall we rise? Somebody begin to pray and thank the Lord for his word. Lift up your voice in prayer. Begin to pray as a priest. Begin to pray as a king. Begin to pray as one who has been made kings and priests on the earth to reign with Christ Jesus in heavenly places. Begin to make prayers, begin to make prayers. Rabanto de Bede, Mapande de Besa, Hekabanta da Rabanto, Hekabrabande de Rebea, Manderebos, Tedere, Rabante de Rebesa, Tadaraba, Mandorebesa, Tadarabande de Bede, Rabanto de Bede, Hekabande de Bede, Manderebosa, Tadabada, Rabante de Bede, Mapande de Bede, Manderebosa, Tadabada, Pandarabasete de Bede, 
Begin to pray, begin to pray, begin to pray, 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 pray in the atmosphere. Angels are ready to respond to our prayers. Because you stand in the place of command, because we stand in the place of authority, because God, Jesus has given the keys of the kingdom of God. May your prayers begin to shift. May your prayers begin to change. May there be a change in your prayers. If you're watching from home, pray, pray, pray. Lift up your voice in authority. Lift up your voice in the kingship and preach the garment that God has given you. What shall we say to the man of God? God bless you. God bless you. Every time Elder and Toe preaches this song, we are a chosen generation comes to mind. Hallelujah. We bless God for the grace upon your life. Amen. The first prayer we want to pray, and we just want to entreat those that are watching online. You may be watching and, and watching from home, and you may not have accepted the Lord as your personal Savior. He read Romans chapter 10, verse 9 to 10, and says that if you confess with your mouth the Lordship of Jesus and believe that God has raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth we confess unto salvation. And he made this point, renounce the authority of death and confess the lordship of Jesus Christ. You may be watching today, you may be here today, and you have not given your life to the Lord Jesus. We want to give you that opportunity to do so. He says, reigning by the blood of Jesus Christ. In order for you to reign, you must accept Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior. So if you're watching online, we want you to just send us a quick email to info at piwcworcester.org. And we'll be with you. We'll help you grow in the Lord. But we just want to pray this prayer with those that want to accept Jesus as their Lord and personal Savior. They want to confess the Lordship of Jesus. That they may be able to place in the place of authority and reign. Hallelujah. As we get into the next phase. Lord Jesus, I thank you for dying on the cross for me. Tonight I have heard your word. That if I confess you as my Lord and personal Savior, I renounce the authority of death. So, Lord, I confess you as my Lord 
and I believe in my heart that you died on the cross and saved me from my sin. So come be my Lord. Change my heart. Transform me that I may live for you in Jesus' name. Amen. And Bible says that heaven is rejoicing that you have given your life to Jesus Christ. And we are celebrating the Lord with you again. Send us an information, your contact number at info at piwcworcester.org, and the Lord will bless you. Amen. Revelation chapter 1, we read uh, verse 6. To him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, has made us kings and priests to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever reigning by the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Somebody shout reigning. Reigning. By the blood of Jesus Christ. Of Somebody say I am reigning. I am reigning. By the blood of Jesus Christ. Somebody declare I have been made to reign by the blood of Jesus Christ. Beloved, if you believe that you are reigning by the blood of Jesus Christ, begin to lift up your voice and reign and reign in authority. Thank the Lord for making you priest and king. Thank the Lord for making you by his blood. Thank the Lord for making you a person of authority. Thank the Lord for making you his son and daughter. Thank the Lord for making you a priest of his kingdom, a king of his kingdom. We thank you. Thank you for your blood, thank you for the one that has made you, that has made you, priest and a king of your kingdom. Thank you for the blood that you in the name of Jesus. When our elder was preaching, he says, How can we? walk as kings he said that we must reign over sin we must reign over sin he said when jesus died on calvary he gave us the power over sin and therefore since we have the power over sin the enemy lost his authority but when we give into sin we give the enemy access so he read romans 6 14 for sin shall not have dominion over you for you are not under law but under grace hallelujah we want to come before the mercy seat of god you know yourself and i know myself that even though we have to reign over sin we have allowed the enemy to have dominion over our lives because we are given into and gratifying the desires of our sinful nature 
we want to come before God and say, God, rid us of any sin, every sin that so easily entangles us, every weight on our back that slows us from running this race of faith, oh God. We put it aside today and we untangle them today. We break them, oh God, for every yoke on our neck or every burden that we are carrying of sin. Lord, today may it be broken in the name of Jesus. And as we make this declaration on July 2nd, 2021, Lord, we shall not go back, but we will walk in the power and the authority that you have given us through your blood. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. Enter into the mercy seat and pray God to forgive you of your sin and We love it. Head it on. prayer lord renew my mind that i will walk in the mindset of kinship lord renew my mind that i will walk in the steps of authority just as christ walked on the surface of the earth fearing no demons not succumbing to sin lord renew my mind but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind romans chapter 12 tells us that so this is our prayer and when our elder was praying he said ignorance has caused a lot of us to belittle who we are in christ 
but today our minds have been renewed by the word of God and we're asking God Lord transform us and renew our mind that we may walk in the authority that you have given unto us through your blood that we may reign as you have called us to reign lift up your voice in prayer our sins we have allowed our minds to be renewed now we're going to exercise our authority hallelujah elder read Ephesians chapter 2 it says even when we were dead in our trespasses God made us alive together with Christ and raised us up together and made us sit in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding great riches of his grace and his kindness toward us amen and then he read Ephesians chapter 1 as well verse 18 going it says that the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints 
And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly faces, far above all principality, far above all power and might and dominion, every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age that is to come. Beloved, we were made to understand that we are seated in high places with Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. And this tonight, we're going to exercise our authority. Now that we have that understanding, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're battling with. I don't know what you see in your family. I don't know what you think is chasing you. But this tonight, the word of God says, you have the power in your hands. You have the power in your mouth uh, to declare and to decree. And it shall be established by the word of God. When Jesus met demons, all he did was command them and say, go. Beloved, I don't know if you see something going wrong in your families. Tonight, begin to command, go, go, go. Because they have not belong there. Anything that you see, every cycle, you have the authority to repress them in the name of Jesus. Hey, come on, 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 come on,
situation. We want to speak to that condition. We want to speak to that concern. We want to speak to that thing that is holding you back. That thing that is pulling you back. That thing that keeps coming back. And we are asking God by the authority that we have in Christ Jesus. We command that there will be a turnaround in the name of Jesus. Rabba kabanto debede, makabase terebebose. 
Lord, let there be a turnaround, oh God. Situations that have been prayed over and over and over again. We have a different understanding today, oh God. We are praying, oh God, for renewed strength. In the name of Jesus. Cycles are being broken. In the name of Jesus. Our children shall become blessed in the city. Bless wherever they go, oh God. Let your blessings be their portion. In the name of Jesus. Just briefly, let us be silent. In our last prayer, our elder talked about wearing our priestly garment with grace. And he said to be a priest is to be in the place of service. Child of God, God is calling you to serve. You're reigning in authority and serving in the kingdom of God. Our prayer is God give us a heart of service for your kingdom. Whatever you have called us to do in your kingdom, let us discharge our duties responsibly, Father God, to bring glory and honor to your name. So, Lord, we thank you and we bless you for this night of encounter. We thank you, Lord God, that we have, made face, we have seen you face to face. We have encountered your spirit and your power. And above all, through your blood, Lord, we are reigning with you in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Therefore, Lord, every prayer that has been lifted today, let angels respond in the name of Jesus. Go into every home, O oh God, and minister. Go into every condition and turn it around, O oh God. Let us encounter your healing, your miraculous healing, Father God, where we never expected it, O oh God, that all glory and honor shall be yours. We thank you. We honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you once again for joining us. We pray you were blessed. Please don't forget to click on the other episodes to continue in your journey with us. Don't forget to also share and follow this podcast. May the good Lord bless you.